0: time has come to retool our playing for ourselves for our students and for the
1: greater groove
0: and the big question remains of course what is the future of strings come on let's talk about it <laughs> Tracy Silverman, your host of the For the Greater Groove podcast, The Future of Strings. And this is the podcast where we talk about progressive string playing, all the cool stuff chopping, grooving, ghosting, comping, strumming, all the stuff they don't teach you at Juilliard or any of the conservatories. And listeners of the show know. I have a lot of great players on this show. I've had some amazing, some of the best string players in the world on here, and I am so honored to have a guy on the show today, Billy Contreras, who is kind of a player's player. He's one of those guys that the players kind of universally respect as one of the greatest of all time. At his young age of, I don't know how old he is, but he's pretty young. In your, what What would you say, lower 30s? Are we talking? Oh, man, unfortunately. Mid-30s? Uh... <laughs> Somewhere in there. Mid to upper 30s. <laughs> Mid to upper 30s, we're going to call it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and just has a, a reputation, just an incredible reputation in the business. You know, like videos of Billy's gigs get circulated around. Students are transcribing them. Just legendary solos. Um, uh, it goes on and on, and uh, just thrilled to have you on the show this morning, Sunday morning in Nashville. It's about 27 degrees, <laughs> and Billy is outside because he's got three kids in the house and it's a little noisy sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks for taking a few minutes. Yeah, thanks to chat for having with me. Us. Yeah, yeah, bud. So, you know, you've worked with so many people over the years, you know, you toured with so many great players famous names and other names maybe who aren't so famous but are super respected as great players in the biz jazz players you were a protege of course of the great buddy spiker for many years that's kind of how you got your start you studied with rachel barton pine you know when you were a kid running up to chicago every other week and let me get this right did you leave high school two years early to go to miami yeah Yeah, you did because I did the same thing, man. I I left my high school two years early and went to Chicago. Oh my gosh!
1: Wow. After my sophomore, yeah, for my junior year. Did you graduate high school early, or did you get a like? How'd that work for you? I just got a curiosity.
0: Yeah, I had to take the GED. Yeah, it was like the high school, Mm -hmm. you know. Equivalency test, and um, I had to take that to you know when I to get into Roosevelt, but it was super easy. I don't know, I don't know how I passed it because I didn't even pay attention to the two years of high school that I was took, but. But somehow I passed it. And, you know, um, I think for music students, you know, the, you know, the the level, the the bar of where, you know, what it took to get in wasn't all that high. (laughs)
1: That's funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. I was kind of in, uh, I love Beloit, Wisconsin, where I went to, uh, where I grew up and went to high school, but the high school was not at the level that it is now. Now it's a wonderful school. <laughs> it was a little bit <laughs> back then, needed a little bit of, of help. And uh, anyway, my dad just kind of got me out of it, got, got me into Roosevelt.
1: Had that happen for wow. you? Wow. Man, uh, well, yeah, long story short, I ended up, like, um, I got a scholarship down there. So the one thing I had to do to get that was uh, pass the um, – the i think the sat or something or get a certain score on it i only went there for one year but uh but then ended up like finishing up high school after that just taking like the couple classes i needed I see. and um yeah so I, yeah it was, it was kind of weird you know like going to huh. high school going to college going back to high school you know yeah and uh, yeah how strange yeah man. but uh yeah it was fun though it was, yeah, it was a great experience and uh <laughs> Yeah, very cool. So, you know, so I was mentioning all
0: all these uh, great players who you've worked with, and and let me ask you, like, out of all those all those people, ha- have any of them made an impact on your playing that has really changed changed the way you approach the fiddle?
1: Oh, probably, probably. Um, you know, Buddy, just I spent so much yeah. time with Buddy growing up, and um. Yeah, and honestly, I really didn't listen to a lot of fiddle players growing up, Um, but being around Buddy all the time, you know, playing music together, he was definitely, yeah, you know, still to this day, you know, really impacts a lot about how I think about just working on music and um, that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, definitely, I would say Buddy, Buddy a whole lot. Oh, yeah, and when you
0: say how you how you work on music, like how you prepare a tune when you're learning it, mm,
1: more so like for better or worse, just like constantly like tinkering with stuff. And because uh, I like when you go to your buddy's house, and he'd always just be kind of like, yeah, working on something, like changing a little part of his one of his compositions, or like you know changing an arrangement a little bit um always kind of working on something just kind of sculpting it a little different so i feel like i don't do that as much with like original tunes or arrangements usually if i do one of those i kind of depending on what type they are um i kind of just leave them but but i kind of do that more with like concepts i use to try and like get better at music in general or like that i use for teaching Like, I I find I take that same approach with that where I'm always just kind of, like, tinkering with it, messing with it, changing it. And, um, but, yeah, but I I really, yeah, I think a lot of the um, stuff I really picked up from Buddy was kind of um, just stuff through osmosis, which is hard to even pinpoint sometimes, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yep. Yeah.
0: So many fiddle players have transcribed your solos from gigs and stuff like that and would love to be able to get in your head and try to figure out where that's coming from. Like, I know we we sat down one time. I took a lesson with you a few years ago, and, and you started outlining for me. There was like this circle of 11 points, I believe, that you were using as a sort of uh, an improv or creativity guide i'm not sure do you want to uh expound on that a little bit yeah i
1: can I, i can uh i can tell you kind of what i've been working on lately um you know so yeah lately kind of what i've been into for trying to get better is um this kind of like thing that's like uh you do in an hour and um so the point of doing it in the hour is that you can cover if you say you're working on a tune that you can cover like all these different perceptions um, about this tune like in a short amount of time. So I kind of, I have it set up like basically for six areas of study. And um, it kind of deals with um, different uh, common areas of music. So when I'm working on a tune, I can kind of get a really broad range of ideas. And if I go to play it, cause something I kind of been interested in is like, when you play the same tune a whole lot, you know, how you can uh, change up your approach to it a lot, but still kinda, yeah. still kinda like, um, you know, develop the story that the tune's about. So mm-hmm. that, I, that's pretty fun to mess around with. So yeah, so this thing, it's basically like, it's uh, the, the mm-hmm. general structure of it, it's like an hour, but I use like Sonata leger form to decide how to attach the points and how much time you go through. And also they're kind of in like sections of like a beginning, a middle and an end. So the Sonata Legger form I use is like 11 points. So it's like the intro, the theme one, the segue one, the theme two, the pre-coda, the bridge, the transition, the theme three, segue two, theme four, and coda. So that's like the form I put to this (laughs) hour. And then I attach times to them so that, so when you're on the intro, it's uh, four minutes. Theme one is five minutes. Segway one is two minutes. Theme three or theme two is five minutes. The pre-code is four minutes. The bridge is 15 minutes. The transition is five minutes. The theme three is six minutes. The segue two is four minutes. The theme four is six minutes. And then the coda is four minutes. So that way I know when I have these ideas attached to those sections, I know how much time to spend on them before I go to the next one. There's a couple other reasons wow. why I do that because this whole outline is either for like practicing. So say you got a tune and you're like, you take it through all these different areas of study and, you know, um, and I attach Well, anyway. So, or it's also for um, performing, like say I want to play like an hour tune, like maybe a free improv, maybe not a free improv, but like an improv on this tune. You can use that kind of template to um, help you, uh, you know, move through ideas and like when to change and like the content of ideas or the context around ideas. So part of it is to use as a performance template and then also as a teaching template. So say you have an hour lesson, you could take a student through one of these areas of study and you know, like how long to spend on each one, um, that type of deal. Um, Also like outside of this, Um, I kind of been trying to develop uh, an approach to teaching that uses this template for just a really small idea where like that first, uh, the whole beginning section, you know, up to the bridge is about just explaining to the student and um, them observing these things. And then the middle section starting with the bridge and transition is where they explore it and we kind of deduce what's happening. And then the, the ending of it is where they experience it. And um they understand what's going on. That's not like directly related to like these things I kind of practice for like a tune but but that's kind of I like to use that template because it's got a kind of a few different legs of like outreach for what it's useful um you know like you know it's like um I kind of like that Sherlock Holmes saying about the brain addict where you like you only have a certain amount of room for a certain amount of stuff. so it's like, you know, <laughs> Yeah, so I find if I can use something for multiple things, it's, like, very helpful. Um, but, yeah, so I don't know if you'd be interested. I could tell you a little bit about the areas of study. Um, b- yeah. But um, but it's pretty fun. So, like, basically, you know, I don't really know if much of this makes sense at all, but um, but I like to try and, like, um, experience, like, music in ways that are non-musical as well to kind of connect them with, like, you know, the generalities of just living. And, um, Mm -hmm. so like, I kind of call this whole thing like, um, the life right now. And, um, so the first area of study is called the story and it basically deals with like, um, how you, um, you know, like like the kind of big like events of the tune and how they like change from one another. So, um, And then the second area of study I call the DNA and that deals with like color and shapes. Uh, The third area I call the activity that deals with like movement, things like the bow. Um, The fourth area I call um, the personality deals with like melody and how you develop things related to language, that kind of stuff. Um, The fifth area I call the civilization and that's like how you deal with the social aspects of music, you know, creating ideas with other people or, you know, um, reacting that kind of stuff, you know, dealing with more like ensemble type of things. And then the last area I call the dysfunction, and that deals with like composing and kind of bringing chaos into order. And, um, so, so those are like the main six areas I'm working on right now. And, uh, and so like, so for each of those parts of the Sonata leger form, I have a, a concept attached to it. And then, so within a concept, um, you know, I try to... Ha- so when you say, sorry, when you say concept, you mean one of these six areas of stuff? Well, these six areas, like, would each have their own, like, rundown of the Sonata Allegra. So, um, and so, so, like, and in each area, I try to do, like, some type of, like, you know, what the concept's called, something simple to remember it. Um, something that's, like, almost like a mantra to, like, get a bigger kind of um feel for the idea. And then I usually also try and draw a picture so I get some type of visualization. and then also put what I call like a throttle. And most of these, a throttle meaning like, you know, just mostly like extremes, but then attaching like a few specific concepts to them. So with most of these, I try and use like a general to abstract throttle. So something really basic and then something more abstract related, to maybe specific ways different ways of utilizing the concept but um but yeah so like um i can give you just yeah, some, some examples of it so like so the first area of study um is called the story and essentially that deals with like um essentially in a really simple way of looking at it uh, theme and variation or how to use like uh um motifs to develop this story and like the kind of Um, really just like, you know, if you, if you, if you had a book and it's like, you know, all the big events kind of popped up, you weren't really worried about like the grammar or the, like the language, but just kind of the movement of big ideas. That's kind of like, plot. yeah, yeah. The basic kind of plot outline. That's kind of what this section deals with and um so when you're talking about a tune Mm -hmm. are you talking about like fiddle tunes or jazz tunes what are we talking about so so ideally what i like to do is um you can do some of these areas of studies work well with like free improv as well but most of the time i'm doing like either like a jazz tune like a standard or something or a fiddle tune um you know obviously they work better for instrumental music and um which those two styles have lots of you know instrumental material, so a lot of times I'm doing those, and usually I try and do both because they offer different viewpoints. Lots of times of the same concept, and uh, so this one concept, how you apply it to fiddle tune, and how a jazz tune, it'll have some type of similarities, but also some very big differences that usually kind of let you see the concept and new perspectives. And um, but um. But, yeah, so, yeah, a lot of times, you know, I'll pick, like, a standard or just kind of a fiddle tune. And I'll have ones that I like to mess around with. You know, um, it's good to pick a tune you like, you know, if you're going to be, like, yeah. yeah. So, um, but, yeah, I can tell you a little bit about this first area. It's, like, uh, so the first area, um, this story um, attached to the intro, I'll just kind of give you a brief overview, um, is... Um, and uh, I'm going to look at my notes here, too, just because uh, sure. Um, sure, yeah, I don't want to spend too much time racking that old brain attic. And, uh, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, like, um, yeah, the, the first part of the story basically deals, with, like, with melodic core. So the one thing that I do, like, before I'd start this is, you know, when I'd be playing through just a tune, learning it or whatever, I'd be definitely thinking about, like, getting a bunch of motifs and, like, different perceptions of the motif like contour, um, rhythm, uh, harmony, shape, melody, um, you know, the phrasing just kind of different little overviews of, so when I go to this, I have like a decent, you know, a handful of motifs to use in this. Um, but so the first thing I do is just do the melodic core, which is kind of like the, um, um, it's kind of like the, uh, um, the way I look at it is it's, uh, it's like the mantra I have is zoom in, zoom out. So I'm trying to zoom out on the tune and see the song in a smaller and smaller space so I can understand it better. You know, like yep. you, kind of like, you know, if you like see, if you're like here and I'm like, what's the world look like from my field here? Or I go look at a globe, you know? Right. And so you don't yep. you don't see all the little things anymore. Like I don't see the grass in the field or my horse, but I get like bigger, like, I, yeah, you know. big picture. Yeah. yeah, so you deal with things like that. And, um, you know, um, so there's different fields of it. I call them fields, like different levels of how far you zoom in or zoom out. And that gives you different perceptions of it and the character of it. Um, And so I might use something like that when I'm practicing it. Those things is like anchors to build my improvisations around. Um, Also, like I might practice something where you like eliminate in either patterns or just randomly different parts of it. So it kind of creates new forms, but still based off the melodic core or like a simple way of looking at it is you got a melodic core and you like make ties in certain spots. So it's like almost like uh, um, anyways, I don't know if that makes sense, but but that's pretty fun, like especially like in the fiddle tunes. You know, like if you got the melodic core outline, you're improvising around it. But at a certain point, you just decide to hold that melodic core where you're at and just keep going with it keep going with it, it creates some like um, suspension. And then at a certain point you return to wherever, you know, the melodic core is. And if you do that in like different spots, it can create some nice movement. But then the second area um, for theme one is what I call fragmentation. And the mantra I have is like a shiny object catches you and you follow it. So it's like you're playing the tune and you try and like something little in the tune catches your eye or catches your ear. And then you just go with that now. So, yeah. 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 So the idea, like, <laughs> it's basically like developing lay motifs. Um, and uh, also I have some where like, okay, you can either, you know, get that lay motif and just motivically develop that. Or you could um, get that lay motif and create what I call an eddy, where you just start like kind of dancing around the same thing. And it gets kind of just like swirling around before you go on or Where you take that, uh, (laughs) you take that little fragment and then you totally just like branch off another way from it. So that's kind of going from general to abstract, like that throttle I was talking about general would be like low motif, uh, lay motif development, kind of in the middle creating the eddy. Um, and then, uh, the more abstract would be just kind of, you know, using that as a jumping off point to do something different. Um, right. Right. And I guess it would depend on the context, the performance
0: context, whether it's more traditional or more uh, avant-garde type of situation where yeah,
1: you would, you would use it. Yeah, totally. And um, yes, yeah, so several one deals with in this story outline uh, impressionism. So I call this like you shatter a glass and you pick up the pieces and just create something new from it. And uh, so out of the first three, this is kind of the more abstract one. Um, you know, so it's like, yeah, the, the kind of concepts I use is like shuffling ideas around, like maybe motifs from the bridge over the verse, um, or like deconstructing and reconstructing ideas. Maybe you take that idea from the bridge and you cut it up in a few pieces, move those around and then put them like in the verse. Um, so it's, it's kind of a way of just like being a little more abstract with the melodies and motifs, um, the next area in theme two is called strophic and it basically deals just with like, um, repetition or recurrence. And so the mantra I have is a broken record, you know? And, um, and it's like literally where you're like, you're just basically trying to be as, you know, um, repetitive as you can. And, um, you know, really, really repetitive. Um, and, uh, um, that's kind of like always, I, that one's kind of fun, you know, because it really like settles things well, and um, but um, so that goes into the second area of theme two, because I put these together because they're like they're on a sliding spectrum. So at a certain point, when something becomes it's repetitive, but not quite repetitive enough, it becomes what I call metamorphosis. So now the metamorphosis, uh, the mantra I have is evolution, and um, the throttle is between like modulate and mutate. So now you might have the same idea, but you're like modulating it around. It could be a rhythmic. Well, in this case, most things are really more like melody-based, but some type of modulation um, or the more abstract is mutation where it just starts to mutate and eventually becomes like some other idea. Um, So that takes us, that's the first like section of story, the beginning. Uh, Now we'd be at, oh, sorry, no, I was wrong. Um, we have the pre still, which shields with fantasy. So the mantra I have for these are dovetails. So, um, basically like where you're playing an idea and then you use the very end of that idea to inform your next idea. Um, this is kind of, you know, I use this in a motivic way or in a non-motivic way. It kind of works well for both. Um, and then, um, for the throttle, it basically... Um, on one side, I just have what I call a chain. Cause it's like, you know, if you kind of have a chain, it's like the ends are, you know, connected and same as like the dovetail. Um, but then I have different ways of kind of doing them where it's like, I have one, I call like, a uh, meta X variable, um, chain. So meaning like, um, I might develop the same idea a number of times in a metamorphosis and then dovetail it with the next grouping of three ideas stuff like that but dealing with like the, the way i think about that one is like um kids in school you know when they play that game where uh they whisper in their ear and it goes all the way around the room Telephone. yeah so it's like each yep. one's like a little similar but by like the second or third one it's like you know completely different and um but that one's pretty fun um then when you go under the bridge now you deal with what i call blueprints so this is like taking Uh, when you run this thing a few days in a row, you'd use things before it, and there's some things after it that would also inform the blueprints. But the blueprints are basically like conceptual architectural uh, pathways, um, like almost like a musical map, kind of. Um, So the blueprints deal with how do you put all these ideas together and create that, like you were saying earlier, like that plot movement. Um, So like, for example, if I'm playing a tune, I might be like, Okay, I'm going to do... Uh, so you basically you would think about the content, so like what motifs you would use, and then the context. Is it strophic? Is it impressionism? Is it a melodic chord? Is it uh, um, the fantasy? Is it the meta? So like I might do one like um, stro Meta Fantasy, and I have little symbols I use to denotate how long. Like is it eight bars? Is it 16 bars? Is it 32 bars? So I might be like stro eight, Meta eight, fan 16 and there'd be other it wouldn't be numbers it'd be like little symbols i use but um so then i'd be like oh with this motif i'm gonna develop the motif strophically for eight bars and then i'm gonna develop that same motif meta metamorphosis for eight bars and then i'm gonna go on to fantasy for 16 bars so it starts so sorry so just define strophically for people oh yeah that's that's the repetitive one yeah and then the metamorphosis is the like Evolving, mutating one. Then the fantasy is like the dovetails. Um, so yes, yeah, so you might pick a motif and then eight bars strophic, eight bars metamorphosis, sixteen bars fantasy, and that that kind of creates like an upward arc because each of those ideas kind of moves faster, um, you know. Um, but so that stuff's pretty fun, and that stuff can get really detailed, you know. Um, it doesn't have to, but you know um, it can. Um, so then going on to the transition, I deal with what I call hinges. Um, so this is ideas that connect and open, um, to other ideas. Um, so like a basic example of this would be, uh, like, say, you could do like a stro meta hinge. So these are like small, like a lot of times smaller movements. So I might have a strophic idea, you know, and then for like two bars, and then like a metamorphosis, the same idea for two bars. So the, the idea would be repeating, repeating. And then it like, well, honestly, like a lot of times with the hinges too, I'll try and usually do like two different motifs. So i have one for the strophic. It's like repeating, repeating. Now the other motif for the metamorphosis, you know, I started go back to the strophic, the same kind of thing, the repeating where it's at. Now, when I go back to the meta uh, motif, It's going to be like a little different because it's mutating, you know. And then back to the strophic, it's the same basically. Back to this other motif, and it's mutating again, you know. So I call these things hinges. It's basically like juggling ideas. And um, but so then I would put these like in the blueprints. So it might be like instead of stro that instead of stro eight meta eight fan sixteen, like I was saying, it might be like stro meta hinge eight, and they're each like two bars. To um to melodic core uh A to Fantasy 16 or whatever. But they're a way of like adding things into the blueprints that create like a lot of action pack stuff in like a little time period, but are still kind of focused. So let me
0: <laughs> let me interrupt you for just one second. So all of the stuff that you're talking about is uh a way of of practicing is this uh, sort of an hour of, of looking into a tune and, and, and looking at all these different aspects of it. Yeah. How much of this do you bring with you on stage when you're playing? Yeah. That so that's a good question. And I, and I'm sorry, I, I didn't let you finish even going through it. I want you to, to finish yeah. that, but I just wanted to ask that question in the middle
1: here, just because, yeah. uh,
0: you know, it's just sort Totally. Of, yeah. So
1: part of the you... reason for all this stuff is basically like, um, um, I've like, I've been, I've had enough like type of musical gigs over the last like, well, since the pandemic ended that I, I have a good like sounding board to try these ideas out on. And um so the main goal of all of this is to get concepts that are like metaphysical into like physical reality. So like being able to take these from just like some like, maybe some decent ideas to like, okay, can I actually like, play music decent with these same ideas. So, so a lot of what I was doing last fall was like going out on the weekend, picking a couple of these, trying them out, you know, okay. Take them back to the woodshed. Do I need to think about them differently? Um, Oh, they work good. Okay. You know, let's go on another one. And, um, but so yeah, with all of these, like in this particular one, I've had pretty good success with like um, using them on gigs and um now sometimes like i'll go like say i did one for a while and then i don't do it for a while and i'll be like i'll try and use it again i know like i'll be like oh man you know maybe i'm just not having enough ideas flowing around it but but i do know that like with this story um area of study that i have tried out um all these things on gigs and and yielded really really good results sometimes like i mean not not always you know you can have a good idea and you know not play well but but i've done times too where it's like i feel like i played pretty decent using the ideas and i'm like oh wow that's really really helpful and um and especially a lot of this is partly um to deal with like i was saying in the beginning coming back to the same material and how do you like have how do you have fresh ideas yeah Yeah. and not have them like worked out but have like ideas kind of worked out that offer like focused exploration but in new ways you know
0: yeah and um so so following up on on that question when you are on a gig and you're do you always think to yourself like in this tune i'm going to try this approach and this approach uh this tune i'm going to try this approach or do you Ever just like head into a solo, pick, you know, like
1: first bar, and like I have no idea where I'm, you know, no preconception. Really all the above. I mean, I've been I've been, you know, I've been really into concepts for probably like the last 10, 15 years. And yeah, it could be all the above. It could be like super stringent, where like, hey, I got this thing and I'm gonna use it, you know, like um, like one night I played a gig and the concept was I'm only gonna use three notes and I'm gonna pick them before the gig. So I picked these three notes <laughs> before the gig, and um, and those were, the, no those were the only three notes I used on the whole hour set, and uh, <laughs> oh my god,
0: yeah, and um, oh my god, how did that work out?
1: Um, I mean, it probably depends on you know um, who you're asking. Um, but, um, I thought it worked out pretty good and, um, yeah, I will say the manager did give me a call the next day and I didn't have my glasses on and I didn't realize he had, uh, he'd come up to listen that night. And, uh, but, uh, but I thought it was pretty good. And like, I'm not getting particularly, I was like playing, uh, you know, like five nights a week. This was a, a fair amount of years ago. But so I would pick a different concept every night to like do for the whole night. And um, oh, wow. And sometimes, oh, wow. sometimes it might be for a few weeks. Like one time for three weeks, I left off my G string or my D string. I forget. Um, <laughs> and then like one night I played the whole show without any hair on the bow. And um, yeah, some, <laughs> some stuff's just silly like that, but then some of it is like pretty, you know, um, you know, wait a second, how do
0: you play without, how do you play without hair on the bow? Man, the same as with hair. And, uh,
1: <laughs> and, no one actually, no one noticed the whole, no whole night, yeah. Wait a second, you're, you're playing with the wood? Yeah, well, I think it was a fiberglass bow, so with the fiberglass. But, um. <laughs> Did you rosin it? <laughs> man, I, I probably should have, but, um. <laughs> But yeah, so you know, pick, yeah. But but to get back to your question, um, kind of all the above, you know, could pick things like these and really narrow the focus and be like, I'm. I'll, I'll usually do that when I'm starting out with them, you know, trying to just learn them better. Um, but as yeah. I get to know them, you know, start to like not be so stringent. Um, and honestly, a lot of times what happens is I might um try and start with something, but then, you know, just. Living life gets in the way, and you just like yeah, end up, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And then, or you get another idea, yeah. And honestly, man, I remember when I used to do this a lot on my own gigs. It's like I'd be like, oh, I'm going to do this for the gig, and I'd start, but about midway through the gig, I'd like you know get distracted by the music, <laughs> and um, and yeah, then just yeah. whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and also you know some tunes
0: you're you're going to have a, a four bar or an eight bar little break, and that's it. Yeah, totally.
1: And then other yeah. tunes.
0: And other tunes, you know, I I mean, I've seen you on gigs take like a 15-minute solo on a fiddle tune, on like something like OBS or, or, or some like standard fiddle tune, and where you clearly have a plan in mind. Because it goes from like, it sounds almost mathematical, like you're going starting with, you know... Four numbers, then five numbers, then seven, and you know, it's like, or using prime numbers or something. And I was like, I'm sitting there just listening to like the rhythms get faster and then like the tonalities change and then more outside notes. And it was almost like it was like you were adding them one at a time, you know, going, okay, now I'm going to add another, uh, you know, altered dominant uh, note here, you know. And uh, it was just fascinating to see this thing unfold over a 15 minute period or something like that. I don't know what it was. If You know, probably wasn't 15, but whatever. It was a, an extended solo where you're playing the same four chords, <laughs> you know. And this is the real challenge, I think, in fiddle music that we don't see so much in jazz because mm-hmm. jazz tends often to be a little more sophisticated just right out of the bat harmonically, which just gives you kind of more material to work with. Totally, yeah. But in fiddle tunes, you kind of have to bring... That stuff to the table. Otherwise, you're playing the same riffs over and over again.
1: Yeah, well, at least I am. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it's hard, man. Yeah, and part yeah, part of this whole outline was also I was developing it for a short form and long form because I'd honestly worked on some of this stuff in long form a fair amount, but um, but not in short form. So one of the interesting things I've been doing over the last like you know four or five months is trying to get some of these things like in short form. So, like for example, um, going on to the next thing in theme three. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought it was. It's it's still a little bit later. But but theme three. Um. Uh, if we if we grab back onto that. Um, yeah. Theme three deals with theme and variation. So basically, what this deals with, and this is starting like the the ending part of this whole hour, the last twenty minutes. Um theme theme and variation basically deals with um double back evolution is like the mantra. So it's basically like, this is the only time you have to kind of have a decent memory. So it's like, for example, if I took one motif, like in the blueprint, and I use the motif through Strophic 8, Meta 8, and then Fantasy 16, now the double back evolution of the theme and variation, you'd come back and you could use the same context, but change the motif. So maybe I have a new motif, but it's through Strophic 8, Meta 8, Fantasy 16, so now you have like a right. theme and variation on the context, or you could um, change the context and keep the content. So maybe I double back and I use the same motif, but now I put it through like a melodic core eight, a fragmentation eight, and then uh, impressionism 16. So now the same uh, motif, the same content, but the context change. So the way right. I use that section is more like doubling back, like for the next chorus, or however you're breaking up the form if it's in bigger sections or however, um, but doubling back on something and letting it like change somehow um, while keeping some things the same. Um, Yeah, so that's pretty fun. Um, And then in subway two, this basically deals with what I call like migration and landing points. And the mantra I have is where, why, when, how, and what. And basically this is like, deals with like um um like i thought i thought about this concept related to um you know a few different like musical areas but the whole idea kind of came from like um uh like birds migration journeys you know and um and just thinking like you know like um basically like um where they pick to like like go on their journey, like basically kind of ensures their survival or not. Anyways, without getting into it, it's like, it basically deals with, um, like, uh, like another way you can kind of look at it is like, um, energetic kind of points in the tune. And so picking like, um, where you're like pushing the momentum for, so like, basically like I might pick like, okay, the top of the tune is like the strongest energetic point. So, Now I could pick like a short migration, maybe like four or eight bars or a long migration, maybe a whole chorus to like channel into that landing point on the top of the tune. And uh, so in this case, I'd be picking like um, where I want the landing point to be, you know, because it doesn't always have to be on the top of the tune, but, you know, where I want it to be, um, why I want it to be there. Um when is it going to start? Like how far back? Um, how is it going to get there? Like with what? So meaning like, um, you know, like what concept am I picking for what reason, you know, do I want to have like a lot of dynamics getting there? So I pick some type of, you know, concept that uses that, or do I want to have a lot of like abstractness getting there? Or do I want to have just like a lot of melody getting there? Um, or do I want it to just like kind of, you know, fizzle, and get like held in the same pressure till I get there. So kind of deciding like, you know, uh, like setting up, you know, a big like uh, movement into a certain point, you know, and using these uh, concepts we've gone through and some of the next ones.
0: Very interesting, very interesting. I think there are very few jazz soloists who do that, who think of like, oh, I'm just gonna consciously pick a point in the tune that I'm gonna land on. Generally you land wherever you land. You know, you run out of breath, and that's where you <laughs> land it, you know, if you're a sax player. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, like one <laughs> you know, of the, one... to consciously, like, pick a spot like that and, and to focus on, on sort of uh, f- ending your phrase or ending your, your, your you know, your thought there.
1: Yeah, and a lot of it, you know, you can do it in patterns. Um, you know, a kind of classic way to do it is if you just take, like, a jazz standard and you cut it up into, like, you know, um, the top of the first phrase being the strongest the middle phrase being the next, um, the quarters being like third and fourth. And then the eights being, if this was a 32 bar form, that the eights being like the next important equally. And then you, you pick like different degrees of movement into them, you know? So say like, you know, four bars into the first priority landing, uh, two bars into the middle, one bar into the quarters, a half bar into the eights, you know, you get, that's like more short form, you know? Um, but that's kind of like, you know, in this particular one, you know, it would deal maybe with longer type of movements. Not doesn't have to be super long. But then going on to uh, the theme four, um, this one deals with Sonata allegro form. And um, I call this like the mantra I have, I don't know if it makes sense or not, is like biosphere. Cause it's like, kind of like everything's contained in this as its own. It doesn't really need anything else, you know? And, um, and, uh, and the, in the, the, the throttle I have for it is short form or long form and kind of getting back to a couple of your questions uh, a minute ago, this, there's a couple of things related to this that I feel like, um, relates to those one being, um, um, I was, I was, I really got really interested in this, I don't know, maybe three, four years ago. And so would, um, you know, practice it on gigs and mostly long form, you know, um, like one time, um, I think I tried it on an hour free song in my gig, um, sometimes shorter and so it could be like a lot of times it wouldn't be so stringent with the times. It would just be more like the content, um, and the character of the moving sections you know, which we already talked about, which are all the, you know, outlines of this whole thing. Um, but, but but I did notice, like, it was, I guess, you know, and for a long time I have to really think about it while I'm doing it. The thing I like about these ideas are it's, like, you have to think about them, but not a lot. Like, they don't ever really get you distracted from, like, what's going on, you know? Um, some musical concepts are so detailed that it can be, like, really take you out of the music but I feel like a lot of these concepts especially if you practice them a little bit don't really take you far enough away to um be, like make you feel unconnected but but the sonata legra you know it has it's fairly dynamic and uh, so in the beginning it, it would be like hard to try and you know um you know especially if I was like attaching separate contexts for different sections so some type of movement of ideas related to that form but, but anyways, long story short, you know, like I think was it maybe last oh, about four months ago, I realized on a gig downtown at this bar um, because someone had like videoed it and I listened to it. And I was like, oh, man, like I just did this sonata leg reform without like having it cross my mind. And I was like, Wow, I was like, sweet, huh. man. That might be the first time in four years that I did it without even thinking like, before the tune started, oh, I'm gonna do Sonata leg reform. Cause you may think that, and maybe you don't think about it a lot during it, but you still had that thought. So, um, Right, right, yeah. right, right.
0: But uh, now what, like, was this within a context of a short tune? No, Just it was like-,
1: like, it was Sally Gooden. It was maybe about 10 minutes or something and uh but just like it's one of
0: those long extended extended rep you know uh variations
1: yeah it's just like yeah like you know there's kind of my one of my my future in this set so they just kind of let me play it by myself you know with the band right and um so yeah probably it's probably about 10 minutes but um but it was cool because i was like oh man that's awesome like i didn't think about doing it so i was like so i feel like a lot of like anything you know thinking about it enough working on it enough until it becomes second nature is the goal yep and um
0: But then the other, let me ask you something yeah let me ask you something do you ever think about the chords um <laughs> does it even cross your mind anymore or is I it mean, just so freaking easy oh man of
1: course yeah always you know and um <laughs> the whole the dna the whole next area of study deals with like color and harmony and shapes and how to create maybe secondary harmonic movement that kind of stuff um but yeah i mean yeah, on fiddle tunes it does because a lot of times you're, you know, you might be creating the only harmonic movement there. Um, and then on, obviously on jazz tunes, like, you know, if you're wanting to stay within the harmonic grid or have some type of tension, um, you know, how you move that stuff around. So, yeah, it's always always good to do a little bit of um, harmonic homework on a tune if you're going to be playing it some. And um, the other thing I was going to say about the Sonata Legraff I had a gig because um, I'd done the long form on it, and I had a gig oh about maybe four months ago, and um, and I was like I was kind of like man you know I would worked on some of these other concepts we've talked about and I was kind of like a little bit bored with them um, you know wanting something new and um, I was like man and it was like it was like five minutes before the gig and I'm like man I'm just not like. You know, um, you know, I'd spent all day walking around outside in the cold, you know, instead of practicing, I just like to walk around <laughs> a lot. And, um, so it was like, I was like, oh man, yeah, I hadn't thought about this all. And I was like, I don't, I was like, well, I've been wanting to try like short form Sonata leger for a really long time. And I just never have. And I was like, maybe I should try that tonight. I was like, I better just like go in the stairway hall and like, see if I can even like do this, you know? <laughs> So I figured out how to do yeah, it. And I was like, I picked a tune and like thought about it a minute and tried it. And I was like, Oh man, dude, I think I can actually do this. And, uh, yeah, so that night I decided, okay, you know, all my solos as much as I can, I'm going to do short form Sonata Allegra. And I set up, you know, these were like on more square tunes, you know? So I set up an eight point Sonata Allegra form, you know, so it would fit better. And then I attached, um, you know, context, to all the different sections and use that as the movement for the plot or the ideas. And man, it worked awesome. I was like, it was so, huh. it was like musically I feel like it was really fun for people to listen to and really took them on like a dynamic, but like pointed, um, you know, musical story or journey. And, um, and also on a personal level, it was like so fun. Fun, cause there's so much like just changing, you know, um, and uh but you know, and so I did. I tried that, you know. I probably did that for about maybe three or four weeks, and um, you know, then I was kind of ready to you know work on something else. But uh, but that was really fun, and um, you know, like I was saying, you know, so, this this stuff is good for sh- uh short form and long form, but it's kind of you know, you know. Uh, different perception so like you know maybe on the the jazz tunes it might be a little bit of a longer form sonata legra you know how it overlays over the tune um but like on a fiddle tune you know if not if it's not one of the 10 minute you know things um if it was just like a chorus or one solo then like you know you really kind of have to change your perception of the same concept but but i but i feel like all these and the story work really well um for um, uh, for short form and long form, and that could be like in jazz or fiddle, you know, because you know a lot of jazz too. Like I played on a swing record the other week, and you might only get like some tunes. I was getting, you know, maybe like eight bars, you know, of a verse or something. Yeah. So um. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's not a lot of time. Yeah, and then the, cool. the last part, the coda, is it deals with yeah. windups, and um. I'm still kind of thinking about this a lot. Um, but like my mantra I have for that is to be free. And, um, and basically the, the throttle between general abstract is either to create or to destroy. And, um, and so it kind of just like, I don't know, like, I mean, the the basic general idea is just that like endings are super important because that like basically decides the outcome of the future, you know, And, um, so, um, so thinking about how you end a solo or, you know, that kind of stuff is like really consequential. I've definitely had some solos that were decent and then like completely just like, you know, like just, yeah, just like trash the ending, you know, (laughs) and then then it's just kind of like, uh, okay. You know, and uh so so it's like, you know, they're like, you know, good to think about, you know, like maybe in a you know, maybe in a like a certain context, it might be like a whole, okay, how am I thinking about the whole last chorus if it's a longer solo? You know, or if it's like a shorter solo, how am I just thinking about the last phrase? You know, and um and a lot of it might be like, Okay, is this literally like um you know, um like, am I, am I handing it off, like creating something for someone else to take, you know, or am I like literally just like, you know, re- de- destroying down. the tune <laughs> in the silence, you right. know, or whatever. <laughs> exactly, and, uh, shutting it down. Yeah, yeah, so like, so, you know, but, but I feel like, you know, um, that's a really good, um, you know, thing to think about um, and uh, pretty interesting, you know, obviously, you know, like, you yeah, know, man. classical tunes and cadenzas and like, you know. And, and part of it is yeah, like yeah. in you know, um, with like fiddle tunes and stuff, having different you know kind of approaches to it, so they don't end up too generic. And uh, yep, um, yep, yep.
0: But yeah, that's yeah, the whole, that's the whole um,
1: first area of study Super. story. And but that that's kind of the stuff I've been working on. You know, working on this yeah, these six different sections of it. And um, very very cool. And the idea, very cool. The idea is like when you put them in graph form. You could, like, in the hour, you could move all down, like, okay, I'm just doing story in this lesson with this, you know, person or in my practice on this tune. Um, I got this tune. I'm going to run it through story. And that's a really, really fun outline. But also the idea is to move, like, um, in different, like, uh, shapes of lines through this. So it might be, like, okay, story in the intro, then DNA in the theme one, activity in the segue personality and the theme so you start like jumping (laughs) through like the different areas of study on the same tune in the hour so then you don't just get different perceptions of the plot but you're jumping from like plot to harmony to rhythm to melody to how you would interact with people you know playing the song with you you know to how to like in that sense the the composition section the dysfunction works to if you're not composing a new tune that's where you like the, partly the dysfunction because you're like really like messing with it now you know like almost like <laughs> uncomposing it and but anyway so yeah that's that's kind of what i've been yeah, working yeah, on yeah. and it's been fun and you know i got a lot of work to do on it but um but uh yeah it gives me well, something to thanks, do
0: thanks for giving us a little glimpse at the inner workings of your brain man that is pretty <laughs> amazing pretty intense that that how much of that uh you're taking with you on stage that's yeah, that is, uh, that's
1: that's really the
0: quite
1: interesting man the, the the end goal for a lot of this is to keep stuff in it you know you tr- like you got the, you get the concept together you go try it out you know um yeah if you need to work on it a little bit you work on it but you know ideally you know once you like you know realize that hey this can like you know work to like help me you know explore um musical avenues and improvisation then it a, yeah you know makes it makes yeah. it onto the pen and, and paper I,
0: yep and i think a real good message uh, also a takeaway from all of this is you know going back to what you're saying about um hanging with buddy and how it was just this constant this constant process of tweaking and refining and polishing and going back and revisiting and and coming up with a, something a little bit better and you know what what you're doing here i mean people a lot of, a lot of fiddle players will will listen to your playing and think you know this guy he's got everything what you know what what could he need to work on and then to just see the volume of material that you give yourself to constantly challenge yourself in the practice room and on the gig is is just in in itself i think uh, an incredible lesson yeah oh, let me yeah, I was just going to say
1: with Buddy, yeah, it's like, um, yeah, I would, always, when we worked, he'd always want to change stuff. I was like, no, 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 it's like, it's really good. <laughs> like, let's just keep it like that. And like, but I, I think there's like a value in like not being beholden to things too much, you know, because they, yeah. they make you stuck, yeah. you know. Yeah.
0: um, You can be, you can chain yourself to your past material. Yeah, And and that happens to so many artists who just, they can't, and and, you know, they're not trying to, they just get stuck, Mm -hmm. you know? And you just, I think it's, it's great to just have like written down on a piece of paper. Here's, you know, 50 ideas to unstick yourself. <laughs> Work with it, you know? Very cool, man. Well, listen, I know it's freezing out there, so I'm, I'm gonna keep you, but I do wanna play one quick game of Not My Gig with you if you're, if you're game, oh, man. Yeah, uh-oh. <laughs> All right, man, this is, here we go, the part everybody dreads. All right, so Billy Contreras, you are known as one of the great Western swing players. And so we're going to ask you how much you know about the Western Spring Manufacturing Company. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they, make, <laughs> they make springs and bent metal products. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> Western Spring, here we go. Here's your first question. Get two out of three, right, and you win. All right. Question number one. Western Spring <laughs> was originally founded in 1909 as the Robert Goss Blacksmith and Machine Shop Company in which capital city? A St. Paul, Minnesota, B Memphis, Tennessee, or C Albany, New York.
1: <laughs> oh man. Oh gosh. Uh oh. Um I'm gonna go you said nineteen oh nine? Nineteen oh nine. I'm gonna go with which uh, capital city? I'm going to go with uh, Albany. Good
0: guess. It's St. Paul, Minnesota. Oh, man. Sorry about that, dude. (laughs)
1: All
0: right, second question. An automobile shock absorber is an example of what kind of spring? A, an extension spring, B, a torsion spring, or C, a compression
1: spring? I'm going to go with C, a compression spring. You got
0: it. Ding, ding,
1: ding. (laughs) It is a compression spring. (laughs) I learned a lot about
0: springs doing this. (laughs) All right. And now here is your third and final question. Which of these services are available at Western Spring Manufacturing? A, shot peening to aerospace specs. B, vibratory finishing, or C, oil coatings? A, shot peening, P-E-E-N, shot peening, B, vibratory finishing, or C, oil coatings? Which of these services will you get with a smile from Western Spring Manufacturing?
1: Oh man, I'm gonna go with A.
0: (laughs) You are right! Oh You are correct, shot peening, to Aerospace Specs.
1: All right, man. <laughs> so in
0: case you need your, your Western Spring shot peened, <laughs> now you know where to get it. Are they still in business? <laughs> I believe they are. Wow, you can, that's uh, awesome. You can go online, Western Spring Manufacturing, and order your compression spring shot peened to Aerospace Specs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh brother man thank you so much for taking some time today to dig into all of this stuff this is super cool i know tons of people are really going to look forward to this episode and thank you billy Contreras, for being here dude thank Great you to tracy you, good to see you yeah bud get in the house stay warm take care of those kids all right man hey, i'll talk to you soon <laughs> yeah man okay take care see you later thanks for listening. If you want to stay in touch, please join the For the Greater Groove Facebook group. See ya. Groove on.